0: beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week, we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling- People, welcome to Chronicles Abroad. My name is Francis. And hey, what's going on? This is Nubia. And we have a spectacular show for you today. If you are an introvert, you don't want to miss this. And as a self proclaimed introvert, I'm super excited to be talking to Janice Chaka. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I just want to quickly say your intro music is awesome and
1: has inspired me to like redo mine.
0: Why, thank you, Janice. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We actually, sometimes we talk about this actually in one of the episodes with the person who's the vocals behind the tune. And we talk about how sometimes you're walking down the street and I just jam into it and just like, man, I really like that song. So cool. Yeah. Good job. Good job. I live in Guadalajara, Mexico. Guadalajara, Mexico. Okay. How long have you been in Mexico? 13 years. 13 years. 13 years. It's a very long time.
1: It's a very, very long time.
0: (laughs) So I do want to get into, because you're all about the traveling introvert, which is so interesting because a few weeks ago I posted on Facebook and I was heading to Vietnam and I was like, oh, what kind of introvert troubles can I get into, which is an oxymoron because we tend to just hang back. But before we get started into what is a traveling introvert, uh, let's take a step back and just walk us through you quitting your corporate job and transitioning into an entrepreneur. This
1: this happened a few years ago.
0: Hindsight is a wonderful
1: thing. Uh, I did work a corporate job. I worked lots of corporate jobs, in fact. This particular corporate job meant that they liked the piece of paper, a degree rather more than experience. So I could never get up in my, my career. I could always travel sideways, which is great. I got to learn more about the business, but I could never get a team lead position. For example, it caused me to get a little bored and I started looking for other things and started off helping companies set up their LinkedIn uh, company profiles and their personal profiles to help them gain exposure on LinkedIn. And it kind of snowballed from there. I ended up working for a, a couple of different companies. Uh, for some, I got really lucky. I'll be honest. I, I got a full-time gig straight off the bat, um, working for a Silicon Valley company and doing recruiting for them. And that lasted five years, which is almost unheard of. And then I started, during that time, I started doing webinars and courses around the world on introversion and networking for introversion and hiring for startups. And so things kind of snowballed from there. And now what I do is I still do some HR. Um, I do a lot of payroll and, and HR stuff on the side. But my main focus right now is uh, called the career introvert and where I help introverts whichever stage of their career they're at, whether they are just starting, whether they've just become a manager and have no training or whether they're looking to start off life as a digital nomad. And we go through sort of a six month course on what to do and, and things on sort of like self care or image. Not, not image from like a, a physical point of view, but there's a lot of negative misconceptions out there about introverts. So helping to sort of break down those misconceptions and those barriers and help um, introverts move forward into something that's in balance with their introversion, but still being very successful in their careers. That's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: awesome. <laughs> no, that's great. And it's great because what I just heard you say is that you had this career in corporate life, but never really felt like you was making it up to your worth. You get what I mean? And I think there's a lot of people who are in that same position who want to leave their corporate jobs because they're just not reaching their full potential there for whatever the reason. Uh, for me, I went through the same thing. I felt like every young college kid was surpassing me. And I wasn't understanding why, right? Because I had been at the the job for a number of years. I knew what I knew in and out. But for whatever reason, corporate seems to go with these new millennials that are 20-somethings. And because I guess they're easier to shape or mold. I have no idea, but I, I don't want to speculate. But either way, I used my skills to become an entrepreneur. So that's great. It's like you take the skills that you have currently and you use that to create your location currently location independent lifestyle, yeah, which I think
1: is awesome. So kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah, what I realized in hindsight was the the culture didn't work for me because I was expected to attend all of the the barbecues and go on vacation with my work colleagues and things like that. Which I was very much like, I work with you. We are not friends. I, I can be friends. I have friends at work, but I don't want to go on vacation with you. And that determines my
0: promotion? No, I'm good. Wow, that's. That's really interesting because it, here in Japan, and this is different, too, for us Americans, the lifestyle here in Japan is they have a really strong, heavy drinking lifestyle. And so they expect that you go and hang out with your boss and, and drink a lot. And that's just not my thing. And I've, I've struggled with that quite a bit. I'm just like, yeah, I can't compromise that. I'll see you guys tomorrow at work. You know, I'm too old for that. Now,
1: I, I wish I'd known you guys before because I was in Japan literally three months ago. Were you really?
0: Which part in, of, of Japan were you visiting? I was, in,
1: I was in Tokyo for, I think, 10 days.
0: Oh, wow. So what did you think of Tokyo? I haven't visited Tokyo yet, but that's next on my list.
1: I liked it. I think I would have liked being out of Japan. It was a case of getting there, a bit of jet lag. Then I got sick, trying to see some things, seeing some friends because I have friends who run a co-living space out there. So I was I was checking that out. But I really loved getting out of the city. That was the parts that I loved the most. And I'd like to go back, Mm -hmm. but it's not sort of on top of my list of places I want to go in the world at this moment in
0: time. Ah, Gotcha, gotcha. No, I totally understand that. Tokyo is very different. I don't live in Tokyo. I live about two hours uh, central, uh, and it's totally different than Tokyo. So it just depends where you go and which perfecter.
2: Yeah, I am located. Nubia is located in Thailand. Francis isn't uh, Japan. No, I would say yeah, we're in two different time zones as well. She's two hours ahead of I. It's a uh, quite the journey. Hopefully, I'll be visiting Japan soon so I can see what it's all like over there because I love to eat and um, fresh seafood is totally on my list. <laughs> Yeah, food's good. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure.
2: So Janice, for me, I am the ultra extrovert, okay? And this is why my partnership here with Frances works well, right? Because she's the introvert, I'm the extrovert. What does it mean to be an introvert? or And how does that relate to traveling?
1: For me, introversion comes from where you draw your energy, do you draw your energy from spending time alone doing whatever it might be? Some people like reading books, some people are very creative, some tip it's just napping. I'm a big fan of napping. But and for the on the extrovert side of it, it's sort of you you draw your energy from people around you or being around people and that sort of thing. My personal opinion is that most people are not at the extremes of the, the spectrum. Most people are somewhere in the middle, and it can change over time and it can change over your lifespan. It's just knowing. And being in tune with yourself and knowing what works for you and and making sure you honor that and, and do things that help you out. And so with traveling, for example, I tend to avoid group tours because the idea of being like with, eight, with people I don't
0: know for eight hours is a little stressful.
2: That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. I tend to, when I travel, go off the beaten path and kind of just do my own thing and do my own tours. I don't think I've ever done a group tour like that. No, I totally get that. What was the turning point for you that you realized, like, this is the group that I wanted to work with, and this is how I wanted to design my business? And how did you come to just realize that you were just comfortable traveling this way and and were comfortable within yourself? Sad to say, I didn't know about introversion until really late on in my life. (laughs) and It could save
1: me a lot of hassle if I'd known some stuff. Like most people, I read the book Quiet by Susan Cain. It's apparently the Bible for introverts, though not everyone specifically identifies with it because there's so many different versions of introversion and, and people. We are just people and we all have different types of personality. That's all it is. But we like to pigeonhole and, and that sort of thing. I have a background in HR. I found that I did a lot of mentoring with ladies who worked in charities in, in the UK. And I was working with this French lady and she was having difficulties because she, her manager was like, I'd like to promote you, but you need to network better. And she was like, but I don't want to network. These are my work people. And um, so what I have to take them to dinner. And so we had to get together and sort of discover ways that she could network while at work without it feeling like it was invading her personal life and stories to tell or antidotes or that sort of thing. And so I did that with a couple different um, charities in the UK. And then it clicked, sort of reading the book and speaking to other people and sort of events I did in Asia around, uh, I did a a random meetup in Singapore where we thought 10 people might turn up. I booked like the upstairs of a bakery that I I go to and we ended up with 50 people turning up and I did no advertising.
0: Yeah, it was ridiculous. There's an absolute need for it as (laughs) you can see. Oh my God, that's amazing.
1: It was great, but it was bad because they were like, okay, so when are we doing this again? And I'm like, I just did this for fun to see what would happen. And I don't live here. I realized that, like you said, there is a need for it and different cultures treat it differently. And then with, yeah, and with lots of virtual teams now with the whole digital nomad thing or just remote teams, it makes a big impact because there are certain expectations from certain countries that are not met by other countries or not understood by said countries. So it's, it's really interesting to work with companies as well to help them have their, their teams work better as far as the introvert, extrovert part is concerned.
2: Wow, that's great. You're enlightening me. That's kind of awesome because, see, I don't understand the life of introversion I just I'm very easy to walk up to people and have conversation. Or sometimes I consider myself a self-proclaimed networker. Right? I love to connect people together. I am consistently and forever in conversation with people, meeting up for brunches, lunches, all that stuff. Um, so it's like a part of my life. So I couldn't imagine not being or oh, what? Ah, well that's not true. I was going to say, I guess I have my times of introversion where where I just kind of want to sit back, Netflix and chill, and not really be bothered with the or going out, so I guess that would be considered introversion. Yeah, right? you just
1: sometimes you just need a little alone time. Everyone needs it. It's just
2: various. Yeah, everybody needs it. That's true. That's true. So on your podcast, because you have a podcast called The Traveling Introvert, which is actually how I came across you. <laughs> um, <laughs> was I looked into your podcast and was like, I love this topic. Like I need to get her on the show, and you have some flying tips for, uh, introverts. Can you give a few, maybe two or three flying tips
1: that you have for the traveling introvert? Maybe this is me just being quirky. Cause I know I, I wrote something about, I, I travel with somebody else and I totally blanked them for a 13 hour flight. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, cause I
1: have a ritual. And so, um, a lot of introverts are very into rituals so every flight, I whether it's long haul or short haul, I tend to do the same thing in the same order. So I will get on a flight early, um, on the plane early. Sorry, and I will moisturize and I will put on my little socks and I will put on my slippers if it's a long haul flight and get all my my stuff that I want, like my Kindle. I always always have an MP3 player with me, and that sounds a little old school now because apparently MP3 players are not the thing. They're hard to find actually, and um, and I have my head. Yeah. I went to Asia I went to Hong Kong thinking I'm gonna get a really good MP3 player and they looked at me like, We don't do that here anymore. Like you have Spotify. (laughs) I always have an MP3 player with me and I put headphones in. Whether I'm listening to something or
0: not, my headphones (laughs) That's me. Oh my god. Go ahead, continue Janice.
1: (laughs) So so when the person who's sitting next to me comes to sit next to me because I try and sit in the aisle, if they see the headphones in normally I'd say 80% of the time, that's a very good sign. I don't want to talk to you. It's not personal. I'm just listening to whatever I'm listening to. Every now and then you get someone who just ignores the headphones and decides they're gonna to talk to you anyway. That's the thing. Um so yeah, headphones, get on early. Um, Comfy clothes I, I don't know It's mainly getting yourself In your little bubble and, and staying there And making it blatantly obvious To other people You don't want to talk Get out a book Get out Sudoku Headphones If you have noise Canceling headphones Even better Because you know They're really big And bulky and obvious
0: And even if you're not Listening to anything They don't have to <laughs> You just described my life So I have uh Three No four things That I do I have my Kindle I have my Two journals <laughs> <laughs> and I have my phone and my headphones and I just go into my bubble and I disappear and wait until I land. So I totally relate to that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's sad because when people are traveling with you, they sometimes they like, Oh, can we watch the same movie? Or we're going to talk no, the entire time. No, and I'm no, like, no. <laughs> well, I'm an extrovert and
2: I don't even want that to happen half the time. So I can only imagine how it feels being an introvert.
0: You know we're more than just travel we provide tips resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you so whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change we have something for everyone so
2: how many countries have you visited so
1: far i know it's over 23 at the last count but i'm not a hundred percent sure and i probably should keep better track of that
2: Okay, so you're in the upper 20s. Here. You're like that with me. I'm I'm in my 30s now, which is because being in Southeast Asia, everything's so accessible. I, I do these visa runs. So I'm able to get to more countries a little bit faster than I would have if I lived in the States. But uh, so traveling is a part of your career. Yes. Well, you know, I made it part of my career. <laughs> Okay, speak that. I, I get it. You made it part of your career. So you travel and do workshops? Is that what it is?
1: So uh, I do speaking events uh, in various places when I get invited or when I'd I be nosy and be like, hey, I'd really like to come and hang out with you guys. And I do workshops. I used to work with a company called General Assembly. I know they're very big in the States and in the UK. So I used to do workshops with them. And now I have started doing my own workshops. And hopefully at the end of next year, I will be doing retreats.
0: So yeah, traveling. That's awesome. (laughs) So uh, how did you land in Mexico?
1: After Hurricane Katrina, I helped a company that was a tax consultancy with people who were affected by Hurricane Katrina, you know, they had, they didn't have any ID, they didn't have receipts for the TVs or whatever, the the belongings and trying to help them through. And it was tax season. And it's just, I was there helping out and trying to get the best for people. Wanted to go to Canada. Takes a really long time to get a visa, to get a good visa for Canada. And so ended up in Mexico, total accident. A lot of people like, oh, I plan to do stuff. No, this was an accident. I ended up in, in Mexico and then the economy crashed and I had a job. So I've been here for a while. (laughs) and sometimes that's how it is things happen
2: by accident I did not intend to move to Thailand I intended to come to Thailand and vacation and check it out and I fell in love with the city that I'm in and I have not left since so I totally understand about how things happen by accident Um, but it's great though that just means the universe was speaking in your favor and it worked out the way it was supposed to work out so I don't typically question
1: it you know so even now, most people actually, what happened a couple of years ago was one of my friends said, you actually spend more time at Eki's place than you do in Mexico. And I was like, no, that's not true. And then I looked at my trip and we like counted the days and it was like, oh, so yeah, I spend about three months in Mexico every year. So I guess, I mean, I live here kind of. <laughs> There's
2: nothing wrong with creating a home base and going from there. You know, that's actually the ideal thing to do is have some place where you technically reside but venture out of that zone and be other places. So, it's totally it makes sense. Have you been to
1: Thailand and well specifically Shanghai? Wait, you said Thailand and then you said Shanghai? Shanghai. Shanghai. Mai. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I've been to Shanghai, but yeah, no, I've been to Thailand, but I went to Bangkok and Koh Lak, I think. Uh, that must have been about three or four years ago. I did cooking classes. Oh, that's something I love doing is cooking classes in every country. Oh, that's, nice. That's my yeah. Thing.
2: Yeah. I heard the cooking classes in Thailand are really, really good. I haven't, I have not done them yet, but I've spoken to people who come and visit and they go and they actually enjoy them. So I I need to be a tourist uh, since I'm trying to become a local and uh, hit a cooking class up. But So my question to you is for our listeners who are interested in really pushing forward through their um, introversions, um, who really want to either create a business or even just make a change so they can do something different. Do you have a word of advice? Don't worry
1: about everyone else. I think we all do that though, right? I know. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. One of one, someone that I was working with, they they said this one piece of advice stop following all of the people who um, are your competitors. Because most of us sort of like, oh, well, they're doing what I want to do. So let me see and keep track of what they're doing. And then I can do it with my own spin. Just, just don't because it just puts a lot of pressure on you. So that's why I said just just don't worry about everyone else, but it is hard. Uh, the other thing I would say is, is get a cheerleader, someone who isn't your mom, your sister, your best friend, but someone in business who will be your cheerleader and, and push you and motivate you and have faith in you that you can do whatever it is you set your mind to.
0: Totally agree with that because at the end of the day, it's really focusing on your own self-care and your own happiness. So you've been in Mexico for 13 years. Have you been able to build a community in the location that you're at currently? I have friends. Because of the culture here,
1: they're very family-orientated and they're very on the, the high-maintenance sort of end of things. They need to see you sort of every week or talk to you every week or that there has to be that regular communication. And as I'm not really here, that doesn't work out so well with, I would say, you know 80% of the population. For example, I, I worked at a company for five years, six years, I think, and I only speak to three people still after all that time. So my community is, I, I have, and also I'm kind of picky with people. I don't, I don't have a thousand Facebook friends or LinkedIn connections or anything of that nature, which kind of bugs a lot of people. But I have my community, but they are scattered all over the world. Not necessarily in Mexico. And Mexico is not known for introversion. Mexico is known for drinking and partying and being open to everyone and being very friendly and um, which is great it's very great but it's it also means that they want to be involved in a lot of things that I consider to be private so therefore it doesn't quite work out for me
0: so how do you avoid the invitations like how do you do that without cuz I know in Japan if a, a Japanese person invites you somewhere it's you most of the time have to say yes just cuz it's the most polite thing but i find myself oh, struggling with that. So how do you get past that? Where back in
1: corporate, what I used to, I would say yes, but I would go for a certain amount of time and then be like, oh, I already made plans to do this, this and this, with such and such. But I just came here because I wanted to share my face and then leave. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not as true. I just might have a date with my Kindle. Some things I will go to, but most of my friends are very well aware of, of how I am. That's why they're my friends. So for example, my best friend, she'll never invite me to like family stuff. She'll invite me to go to the movies or, um, like her sister got married at the beach and she knows I'm into beaches. So she invited me to that. Any other family stuff, she won't invite me. Her family all know me and like we do Christmas cards and whatever, but they just know that, that you can invite me. I'm not going to turn up. I'm probably not even going to say yes or no. So they've learned.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. You have to teach people how to treat you in general, but especially as an introvert, You have to set those boundaries and say, this is what I can do and this is what I'm not going to do. And that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. And those people who are worth being friends with you will accept it and work
1: with it and be fine. And those who aren't, well, so be it, which is hard sometimes, but it's about you and self-care and you only live once. As far as we know, that's about your happiness. So let me ask
0: you, Janice, uh, you've been able to build this digital nomad lifestyle, What advice can you give for folks who are trying to do the same thing?
1: Don't expect it to happen overnight i know you read the stories about i did this one thing and i made how many millions or how many hundreds of thousands or i did this launch and did this in two days or whatever it is what people don't tell you about is the five to ten years they've been working on perfecting their sales funnel and getting enough money to invest into click funnels or whatever the software is that you happen to need and the website and all the back-end stuff or that they have a team of 30 people also helping them it is the long game in, in my opinion, this is this is all me. This is not. And I think people see a lot of inspirational, because you, people are drawn to inspiration, and so they see this thing that, oh, this person works on the beach, or, oh, this person does this. Or, for example, I get it all the time. People are like, oh, you travel so much. What they don't realize is, yes, I travel so much, but I'm still putting in an 8 to 12-hour day while traveling, while seeing people, while sightseeing, which is not necessarily the best thing in the world so it's the long game if you try to start it off while you're doing your full-time job that's possibly a better option get to a certain stage where you can then focus on it full-time get someone who's a little like maybe two or three steps ahead of you to help you and mentor you just so you can miss some steps like I said with the introversion thing if I'd known about it earlier man my
0: life would have been a lot bit different. Here. <laughs> <So>. Same here. <laughs> Same here man. <laughs>
1: So just get someone who's a little bit further ahead. And it doesn't have to be a paid thing. It could just be two people accountability and helping each other out. Yeah, it's a long game. It's it's not a it's not a short-term thing, but it can be done. It must, and not everyone is made to be their own boss. Just because you want to be a digital nomad doesn't mean you can't work for people. If that's how you work better, if you work better with direction and being given instructions, that's fine. You don't have to be like this big empire builder with all these funnels and all these people underneath you and having a VA and all the rest of it. No, you can, you can just work for
0: somebody and still be remote. That's not a problem. Yeah. What it comes down to is doing what makes happy and what feels good. All right? And know it's some money. Yep. Exactly. I exactly. yeah, don't forget that part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I really do appreciate how you put it out there. It is a long game. And that's the problem in this world of social media. You don't know about the blood, sweat, and tears, right? Or the nights that you're up till two o'clock in the morning doing research and or writing all your thoughts down and your ideas down and trying to make sense of it. And, and you're um, doing uh, brainstorming and you're just hitting the brick wall. And then all the times that you're like, yes, but you don't maybe have that cheerleader or that mentor. So a lot of people don't discuss the real, right? The the parts that they had to go through to get there. They just kind of talk about where they are. And maybe just a brief synopsis of, oh, yeah, I started my career doing X, Y and Z, but they never really say it's it's taken me three or three to five years to do so. And maybe it could be three to five months. Either way, it's not going to happen all the time overnight. So that's that's good to know.
1: Yeah, no, it's and when people. uh, So when you asked me and I said I got really lucky, I did get like a full time gig straight away, but that's not the norm. And so I finally gave up that gig last year. Ooh, yeah, last year. And that was a huge thing because I'd had this, this steady income for the longest while, but it stopped me focusing on doing what I wanted to do because I was doing what someone else wanted to do, which doesn't work for me right now at this point in my life. So you you do other stuff and it takes a while. And for, for example, the podcast, like I said, seven months ago, I started, it, it didn't magically happen overnight and I'm slowly getting more and more listeners and guesting on other people's podcasts like you. Um, but it takes time and I'm okay with that, but it takes, uh, it's, I think it's very hard for maybe people who are younger that expect things to
0: happen real, real quick because they see all these other things. Absolutely. Now, before we get to talking about your retreats, I do want to take a step back and just, cause you have done a lot of different things and a lot of different career changes. And there's this stigma around having multiple careers and I've had it, I've done a bunch of different things. Can you speak to how people can feel comfortable with making those types of changes? The more you know, the more valuable you are to companies.
1: So my thing, even though I did lots of different things, for example, in one company I did recruiting and I did payroll and I did sales support and I did something else. I get to know more parts of the business, which makes you a more well-rounded, that's a really bad sentence, um, person as far as a business is concerned. And if you are then thinking of running your own business, the more departments that you get to work in, in a different company, the better. There's a, there's more of a stigma about it from certain generations because the job for life thing was a distant, distant memory. But now portfolio um, careers are becoming more popular. And also because people are doing more project-related work, even within a company. And so people will highlight the projects they've worked on rather than the position that they are in. And that's a different way of, of positioning your resume as well. You like I did this project, which was with this, and this project which was with that. For example, I have a friend with ADP, and he generally does sales stuff, but now he's got this awesome project that he's doing. And he hasn't necessarily changed job title, but he's doing this project, which is is some top level thing. And it's awesome for him. He feels like he's changed job without necessarily changing job. And it, it refreshes people's love for the company and for their job. And they're more likely to stay if you give them projects to work on. It's it's just a way of incentivizing and motivating people. It's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it's, I completely agree with that because I believe that project-based projects are more creative and, and allow people to really test their skills and feel a little bit more valuable than just task based like work tasks. So let's talk about your retreats. What is that about? When does it start? What are you offering? Ooh, um, this is really
1: new and I, I kind of blurted it out without thinking about it. So um, I, I happened to see um, they were having a introvert conference in, in an unnamed location, cause I'm not going to blow them up, but it was scheduled for three days from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., every minute of the day was scheduled. And so I'm part of this group that I was like, oh, well, hey, look at this. And then we looked at it a little bit closer and we're like, as introverts, and it's aimed at introverts, the idea of spending three days where every minute of the day is scheduled is it's just draining just looking at it. You're just like, okay, well, eh. so what we want, what I want to do is my coaching is mainly focused on women the idea is to do a retreat probably in mexico will probably probably be the first one i'm going to be going to tulum in in uh, march this year and i want to check some things out and the idea is to have a space a safe space where it's okay if you go to your room and you don't want to speak to anyone for like a couple hours no one's going to judge you that you can come you can have um some brainstorming sessions, we can have some masterminds, we can have some good food, um, sort of family style. One of the best uh, events that I went to was in Vancouver where they did, um, it was a family... so that the tables were lengthways. And so the most people you could speak to is like the person, two people beside you and the person in front of you. Whereas a lot of events, you do the whole round table and you've got to try and talk to eight people over a table and it's it's kind of confusing and and too much. So the idea is to have simpler meals, simpler layouts, so people don't feel over-sensitized. And so they only have to speak to maybe three or four people. And then for dessert, they get moved around and speak to three or four other people. And to have some things like some yoga but also just it's mainly about the safe space the space to breathe and be yourself and you can read a book in a corner lots of beanbags um go and do yoga people like i'm not a big yoga person but i know yoga is a big thing maybe a cooking class and just to take that time to figure out where your next step might be or talk to other people who are in the same position as you and you're not alone that that's kind of it maybe do one just before christmas before the Christmas. yeah terror starts and or the other problem is a lot of entrepreneurs feel that they can't take time off and it's it's a real problem because they haven't got systems in place that if they go away you know the whole thing's not going to burn so the idea would be to leading up to the event is to help people make sure they have systems in place a backup person or just tell people you know what i'm going to be away for a week deal yeah
0: yeah no, I, I love that. And like Again, drawing the, the line in the sand and saying, I got to take care of me.
1: And you're allowed vacation. Like if you have a nine to five corporate job, you do get vacation. So there's no reason why you as a business owner cannot say, I'm going on vacation. Bye. And I will come back more rejuvenated with tons of ideas for your business. That's the idea behind it. Got it. So
2: Francis likes to do this thing, right, where she asks the funny really? questions.
0: Francis, I thought this was yeah, something we both agreed on, but totally. Okay. Throwing her under you see, the bus. how she threw me under the bus and it ran me over like fifty times.
2: As you listen to the podcast, you'll hear her go, "So," and when she goes, "So," that's
0: <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Really? Okay. Well, sometimes it's the same question that we always get from uh, people, from our listeners, from folks who reach out to us, and they ask the same question. So I like to get insight from our guests to see what their experiences are like. That's all. No, 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 it,
2: <laughs> nothing crazy. That's um, I'm the.
0: It is crazy, Janice. Be nervous. No, not at all. I'm just kidding.
2: okay so i'm gonna start off with a question that i wanted to ask which will um when you were a kid what did you want to
1: be when you grew up dancer oh hands down huh yep and i was a dancer i did that i'm apparently an overachiever what kind of dancer i did a mix i did ballet modern tap in the UK for a while. Got a school yeah, that w- that was a thing. <laughs> Semi-professional.
2: Really? That's awesome. So your childhood dream was to be a dancer and you actually did it. And went from yes. and went from yes. arts to <laughs> corporate.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do know how that happened. Um, money and kind of done what I wanted to do. You know, life happens. Some stuff happened, and so I ended up. Actually, I didn't end up in corporate straight away. What I did do was I worked in casinos for the longest time.
0: Wow, you have a very interesting uh, background. Oh yeah, I, I've done a little bit of all sorts, <laughs> which which is, of everything, which is
1: what <laughs> makes me yeah you know, right, which is what makes me good at what I do because I'm like, well, I've done so many different things that it doesn't really matter. You can do them all because that was the other thing. Most people are very much like, well, you can't work in a casino if you're an introvert. But my thing was, I was very efficient at my job. And so the gamblers, like the real hardcore throw a ton of money at you gamblers, not the Saturday night hen party ones. I could deal with them. Mm -hmm. And it was good because I didn't really work a lot of weekends for that reason. Because if you throw a hen party at me, I have no patience whatsoever. It's not your fault. I just, I just can't deal with you. (laughs) But if you give me like a good gambler who's coming in, who just wants someone to like deal and doesn't want
0: to ask questions, I'm the perfect person for that. Awesome. So Janice, another question for you. What's an indulgent that, like a a certain kind of food that you really love, but you don't always like to have people know that you like it? And you want me to tell you this? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the the world, Janice. (laughs) It's time to come out. Come out, girl.
1: Man, an indulgent food. Um, I'm a big fan of chocolate, but that's kind of boring. Um... It's better to ask somebody else who like knows my eating habits. I might have to like message someone and ask like, what's my indulgent? I'm guessing I I like eating. Like it's, there's no one particular food. I just like to eat. I like to cook too, but I like to eat.
0: So there's not one, I don't have a go-to food. Okay. Well, I used to be a vegetarian and I got to Japan and it just went downhill. But uh, my indulgent food is like, I like hot dogs, but I don't eat them. But I do miss them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I love a good hot dog. Nathan's dog. I miss him. I haven't had him in years, but I do love him. I didn't whatever. know that. You don't need to know. Now I know. now the world knows,
2: Frances. Now the world knows.
0: Whatever.
1: You know she's going to bring
0: that up in every episode. Absolutely. Every episode. Did y'all
2: she's, know she's, so she's so malicious.
0: She's so malicious. I love it. Thanks for letting us know. So
2: <laughs> Janice, tell us a crazy story or travel story that you have that was probably funny or crazy or scary, something that has happened in your travels. Um,
1: I, don't, I, I don't have crazy stories. I, I have cool, I got a $400 ticket to Australia and then told a friend he was coming with me and he didn't have an option stories. Um, Well, can I be your friend? I
2: know, right?
1: (laughs) I know you're you're picky and all, but can we uh, join the crew? Uh, It was a, you know what? Okay. It is a slightly funny story because how I met this person, uh, like I said, I'm in HR. And so there's something I do every year to help the HR community. And we met at this event and normally we go, we work for eight hours in a room and then they treat us to dinner and then we get to go home and, and relax our brains. But this time they were like, oh, we've got two groups and we want you guys to mingle. So instead of getting dinner straight away, we're going to make you network. And oh, wow. um, I was like, great. So I've worked for eight hours. I was looking forward to dinner, which I have to have with you people. And now you're going to make me network before I get food. So I don't really get any me time until maybe 10 p.m yay didn't want to go i go and they give you a glass of wine and i'm at the corner of the room eyeballing people and just eavesdropping and looking at people and this guy comes up to me and he's like you don't want to be here do you (laughs) like nah, really (laughs) written all over the introvert's face and he's like yeah i said we were going to get food and then they dropped this networking thing on us the last minute if they told us in advance it would have been fine but they told us at like five o'clock like oh hey and so we end up spending the evening talking about various things um, as far as like the event or what we were doing. And then he got into his personal life because he just like had a, a big breakup. And, and so we're at this table of 10 other people, but us two are just secretly having our own little conversation and ignoring the rest of the world. The next day we end up going out clubbing. We, we actually, we were in Alexandria and we ended up taking an Uber all the way to Washington and going out. <laughs> going to gay clubs and stayed out till 4am in the morning he had finished working but I had to go back into work uh, for 8am the next morning and he's like oh I'll meet you for breakfast I'm like you're not gonna make it for breakfast you don't have to get up I have to be up eight o'clock was supposed to be breakfast uh I got downstairs at 803 and he was waiting outside the, the elevator going so what time did you call this Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I met my match at that point. And um, we've been friends ever since. And so that's, um, he's, a, he's a friend of mine who lives in New York. And he's also, he works remotely. So he's one of the few people I know that I can be like, Hey, I found this ticket. You want to come? <laughs> like, Let's go. And so he went to Australia and it was just after his breakup. And he had a great, I didn't see him. We were there for a week. I saw him for two days. He was out partying and enjoying himself while I was working and doing events and workshops. And he had a grand old time, and apparently it changed his life. To this day, he still we still like hang out, and I, I have keys to his house. So we're good. But it's not a, a crazy story,
0: but it's a story of how random people meet and do Yeah, things. and you being an introvert, that is a crazy story, and I love it. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's crazy because I tell people all the time I do not like the hashtag or when this was going on no new friends and I'm just like new friends are the best you just never know who you'll meet because the same kind of situation had happened to me when I was taking a course uh, at George Washington University and I sat next to a young man who he and I clicked immediately that's how I first got to take my trip to South Africa because he literally lived in South Africa but was in D.C taken this course, same course I was taking, and we clicked immediately, like we're sitting right beside one another. So we would go to lunch together and we would go over our notes together and things like that. And he's extended an invitation for me to come to Africa. And I'm like, stop playing. I'm like and, you know what I mean? Because I'm just like, this guy doesn't really know me, but he he wasn't hitting on me. He was married, stuff like that. He really just genuinely knew that I, I enjoyed travel. And he was like, you know, why not? And he was like, I have a condo. You have your own room. Me and my husband will host you. I booked a ticket and I had the best two weeks of my life. <laughs> so it's it's one of those situations that meeting new people randomly is sometimes the best experience ever
1: yes I agree and uh people be warned because people are very much like oh you should come and visit Eki's country and I'm like you don't understand how easy it is for me to do that Like, it's not your average friend uh I will be there (laughs) I will be there yeah it's caused it hasn't caused a problem but someone's like oh damn you really you turned up like uh said come over
0: Mm. but yes um it is one of those things So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. So, Janice, before we wrap it up, I just have one last question for you. What advice would you give for folks who are thinking about traveling or thinking about living abroad, but they're hesitant to do so? What would you say to them? The sensible side of me would say research. Research where you're
1: going, people who are there, and now it's it's easier than when back when I used to when I moved countries. Now you have Facebook and you have Google and you have all these these things that are available to you. You can speak to so many people and, and learn so much information before you go somewhere. Though nothing is ever the same. What everyone experiences, everyone has their own little bubble and world. So whatever everyone's your mileage may vary is a is a very common term. But if you're hesitant, there might be a reason why you're hesitant. Figure that out. Listen to it. Is it rational? Talk about it with somebody else. Um, Sometimes it is rational. Sometimes there is a reason why you're you're being called to stay in a particular place. Sometimes just go see what happens. I travel for the love of traveling. I travel because I have friends in different places. So I get to stay for free. A lot of people assume that I'm just staying in hotels all the time. But uh, no, I have friends with couches or rooms. And a lot of people feel they can't afford to travel is another thing. If you save a little, you can, uh, you could trip just one trip every five years. It's still a trip Uh, or just go away for the weekend to the next state or the next city or the next, whatever it happens to be. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can just be something tiny, but just doing that is exploring something else finding a new restaurant, finding a new park. It it doesn't have to be, I've traveled the world. There, There are very many, like, like in everything, there's a spectrum and it's okay wherever you
0: land in that spectrum. I love that. I really do. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people. So, Janice, where can people find you? Tell a little bit about how they can find you on social media and everywhere else in the world wide web. And so, this is the hardest part
1: because I'm not good at this. So,
0: (laughs) it's networking time, Janice.
1: (laughs) So, where you can find me on the world wide web is thecareerintrovert.com. That is my coaching page. Uh, You find out a little bit more about me, some of my stories up there. some resources are up there. There's going to be, I'm actually launching a course that's going to be up there, an online course that you can take. And I'm going to be doing sort of like a, an academy sort of thing. Then there, and you will also be able to find me under that same thing on Facebook. If you do Facebook, The Career Introvert, I will pop up. And same with Twitter, Career Introvert, I will also pop up. Then there's my podcast, The Traveling introvert.com And you'll find me on Instagram under the traveling introvert, but it's like the underscore traveling underscore introvert, because that was all that was available. Uh, you will find me there. Those are the main places I hang out. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, and this is one of my pet peeves, do not just send a random, I'd like you to connect with my professional network message. I have that so many times and it drives me crazy. Take two minutes to look at my profile or just personalize and say, hey, Janice, I heard you on Ekkie's Wine or I saw you on that, or I met you at that event, or my friend of a friend of a friend knows you. I don't care what the story is, but take the two minutes to write and personalize the message. Then I won't mark you as spam.
0: Makes sense. I agree.
2: <laughs> Janice, we had so much fun with you today. Thank you so much for being on Chronicles Abroad. Yes, We look forward to subscribing to your podcast and also catching up with you later on, maybe to see what's going on with Janice six months from now, you know, just to see what's and keep in touch, you know?
0: Yeah. And if you're ever in Thailand or anywhere where we're at, definitely we'd love to grab lunch, dinner, all that good stuff.
1: I'm normally in Asia about once or twice a year for various reasons, but um, I will be subscribing if it's only to, not that the rest of the podcast isn't great, but if it's only to listen to the intro. I'm hoping the outro is just as cool. (laughs) You're so funny. Thank you,
0: Janice. Look, we'll take that as a compliment. We appreciate that. (laughs) Well, Janice, it's been fun. Janice, thank you. Thank you so much and love what you're doing with all the introvert folks and introverts unite. Yes.
1: Oh, can I say one more yeah. thing? I just remembered something that, that I'm doing because this is a 2018 thing. Cambridge Dictionary. Oh, wait, I'm, not sh- I'm probably not allowed to swear. Um, Cambridge Dictionary, you're on my I don't like you list. You are able to swear. Oh, OK. Well, it's not really swearing. Like Cambridge Dictionary, you're on my shit list. Right now, what they say an introvert is, is someone who's shy and awkward and can't make friends. My mission this year is to get the Cambridge Dictionary to change their definition. I've started a petition and I'm going to be doing some more sort of uh, raising the visibility of this in various ways throughout the year because um, it's subjective. It's it's bad for a dictionary to have that as a definition in general because it's very subjective and that's not how definitions are brought about.
0: It's not not a good standard. I love that. Send that over to us and I'd be happy to sign that, obviously. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Janice. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.